0: Hi, you're listening to the Inside Family Law podcast. I am the uh, roving or the raving reporter (laughs) here at the AFCC conference in Sydney, the sixth conference. Um, It's the last day here, and I'm very lucky to be speaking with Stephen Thackeray. Thank you very much for taking the time out, Stephen.
1: It's a pleasure, Zoe.
0: Um, And look, I understand, you know, uh, you weren't here yesterday, but you were here today and you were speaking about something. Before we go into that, sorry, a bit of background for our listeners. Who are you and what's your role in the family law process?
1: Well at the moment I'm a family law mediator. I travel around Australia helping people resolve their problems by mediation but until January this year I was a judge and mm-hmm. um, I was the chief judge in the Family Court of Western Australia mm-hmm. and I was the uh, and when I retired I was the senior judge of the appeal division of the Family Court of Australia. So I was a judge for 20 odd years mm-hmm. and before that I was a lawyer for 20 odd years and before that um, I was a boy from country WA.
0: <laughs> oh, I've got, my question just popped into my head so I know it's a bit off script but um, I always find this interesting you know with the, the judges when they retire they often do go into the mediation mm. path. How is that, is that a big shift for you to go from that you know decision making judicial to into the mediation or, or not so much or how do you find that?
1: Oh it's a massive change, it's mm. a great change because um, up until January I was essentially having to tell people what to do with their lives and making decisions for them Um, But as a mediator, all you're doing is helping people make decisions for themselves. So it's a very big shift.
0: Do you enjoy it?
1: I love it. That's fantastic. It's great.
0: Because um, you, never, you never retire, you judges. That's the other thing I've noticed about you. They always, I've known a few that will say they're going to retire, but then sure enough, within yeah. a few months, they're doing conferences and papers and mediating and arbitrating and doing all kinds of things. Well, as yeah. you
1: can see, Zoe, I'm a very young man and I, yeah, this is true. I, re- I retired years earlier than I had to. So um, I felt that I still had something to contribute. Um, and uh, so uh, I thought it would be a fairly part-time exercise being a mediator, but it's turned out to be a full-time exercise. Um, I'm enjoying it immensely. My wife is not uh, enjoying it quite so much because I promised her <laughs> a quiet retirement, but um, we're having fun, so that's the most Thank important you. thing in any job you do. You've got to have fun.
0: You can t- and you can take her on your travel sometimes, I'm Correct. sure, She is Australia. with She
1: is with me here in Sydney this week. I've Thank been you. mediating in Sydney this week during the conference, and uh, which is why I missed yesterday and I have another mediation on Monday, and, uh, but I'm getting to meet up with all my old friends and making new ones.
0: Fantastic. So, look, tell me about why it is that you're out here for AFCC. What is it that draws you to the AFCC? What's, what's, what's good about it for
1: Well, you? what draws me to AFCC? I was lucky enough some years ago to speak at their conference in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, I could see there at first hand how AFCC provides an opportunity for lawyers and social scientists to get together and to learn together and it's a very important thing I think in the family law system. Lawyers used to hold their own conferences, social scientists their own conferences, but when we get together and we mix and we share our wisdom or our experience or our um, ideas uh, together I think we do a better work and that's what AFCC is all about.
0: Fantastic, so look what were you here speaking about this morning?
1: Uh, today I was talking about something very dear to my heart. It is, uh, involves a program that the Family Court of Western Australia had in Newman, which is in the Pilbara region of Western Australia, where we were working with the Aboriginal people up there to try to bring family law justice to Aboriginal people.
0: OK, so do you want to tell me more about what, what it is exactly, how the nuts and bolts of how
1: this works? OK, the nuts and bolts of it comes from the knowledge that the current family law system is not... Um, attractive to Aboriginal people, it doesn't. Uh, it's a quite a scary system, it's scary for everyone, it's particularly scary for Aboriginal people who know that often when they come to court they or their relatives are being sent to jail or their children are being sent away from them and what they would like is access to the family law system so we talked with them about how we could try to make the family law system easier for them to navigate and so this work that we were doing in the Pilbara region was trying to make it easier for them to come to family court and get a family court order if they wanted one.
0: So, what exactly, how do you make it easy when you say make it easy? Okay. What is that?
1: Well, mean? okay, we do two very important things. One, we get rid of all the paperwork, so there are no forms for them to fill in. Um, and number two, uh, we don't have an appointment system, so people can come and see us when they like, uh, if they need to go to court we very quickly within hours or days set up a court hearing um, but they're not late if they don't come on time because uh, uh, often family law system there are dozens of documents or many documents to fill in there are timelines to meet there are deadlines and if you're not there you're lost and so we uh, recognise that for Aboriginal people in remote locations uh, they could be coming in, they could be coming One lady came, she had to come over a thousand kilometres to come and see us, so we don't expect her to be on time. Um, And we know that cultural stuff comes up that means that people have to go and do other business. We accept that that's the case, and so we wait until they're ready for us. So those are the two main differences, but we also made sure everyone had a lawyer, and we also made sure that everyone had an interpreter, because Zoe, in that part of the world, um, a lot of people don't speak English,
0: sure, um, okay. or
1: if they do, it's their second language, and they prefer to speak through an interpreter. So everyone had a lawyer, and everyone had an interpreter.
0: And where were the lawyers sourced from? Um...
1: Okay, we had four um, sets of legal organisations that worked with us. We had Legal AWA, uh, we had Aboriginal uh, Legal Service in Perth, but also a separate organisation called Aboriginal Family Law Services, And most importantly, we had the local community legal centre, the Pilbara Community Legal Centre, who were on the ground up there. So between that, we had all bases covered. We were never a conflict situation. We always had one lawyer who was able to represent each party to the dispute.
0: So so when did this start? When did you roll out this? Is
1: this uh good question. It was a couple of years ago we started okay. doing it and the most recent visit to, that we had uh, to Newman, it was after I uh, retired and they went up there in July of this year, that was the most recent visit.
0: Okay, and how is it, is there any feedback at all or whether it's be formal feedback yep. or just anecdotal feedback? Alright, well
1: today uh, with the AFC audience I was able to share some feedback that we had from some of our clients Um, We felt it was extremely important to hear what they thought. So every time we dealt, well not every time, but most times that we dealt with the family, we would ask their permission to sit down with them afterwards to talk to them about their experience of dealing with us. And uh, we wrote some of that up. And in some instances, we had clients who were sending us text messages and whatever after the hearing. So by a combination of those means, we did get some feedback. I would love to get something a bit more formal and I have recently become involved with a couple of universities in Western Australia and I am going to be talking with them about the possibility of some proper formal research into the experience of the clients of our system.
0: Mm-hmm. and To see how the, yeah. So
1: yeah, it panned out for so them. Yeah, because. Yeah. We Everyone who runs a program thinks it's great, and you can run around and say, "We were terrific, and didn't we try hard, but the only thing that matters is what the clients think. Absolutely. And that's why I was curious about that.
0: Yeah. yeah. um any any other projects you're working on um, it all out, you know in that sort of area or in that space? Well,
1: or? since I have retired, the only thing that I am doing in that area because I'm no longer entitled to be involved um, yeah, sure. is that I am. Uh, being the mentor for the uh, lawyers at the Aboriginal Family Law Service in Perth. They asked me after this project if I could come and mentor them, so uh, I meet up with them. They're spread all over Western Australia, which, as you know, is a very large place, so we have this enormous um, telephone or video hook-up uh, where we sit around a table and uh, they can ask me questions or I talk to them about uh, issues that might be relevant to their practice. So that's one thing I'm doing. I'm having a very minor association with uh, an Aboriginal mediation service that's being reinvigorated in Perth at the moment. So um, I'm very keen to continue to help out in that area in any way that I can.
0: And have you always been passionate um, about this, or is that more in your later years? Uh, Well, that's that's a good question.
1: Um, Yeah, I am passionate about it, um, but it comes from something in my childhood. I was, as I said, uh, brought up in country WA, and unlike most Australians I went to a school where the majority of children were Aboriginal Mm. and so I lived, well I didn't live side by side but I went to school side by side with Aboriginal people. Uh, What I didn't know at the time Zoe was that the children I was going to school with were part of the stolen generation. They all lived on a, a, a mission and we were told that they were all orphans and that they were being looked after by white people and it was only later that I learned that they were not orphans Um, and so I learned about the stolen generation and I've thought very deeply about the dispossession of our Aboriginal people in Australia and I feel that uh, we have an obligation to do uh, a lot more than we have done in the past and what we need to do particularly now is not to tell Aboriginal people what is good for them but to ask Aboriginal people what will work for them and then to do what they want,
0: work with, and not, not with. top down. Correct. You are doing this and because that didn't really work out so well in the past.
1: It hasn't really. worked. What we we have out of fairness to many people, a lot of effort and a lot of money has been spent uh, in this uh, area, um, but perhaps what we may be slowly getting better at doing is understanding that um, we don't have the answers for other people. They are much more likely to come up with the answers for themselves. And those of us who've got the privilege of having uh, university degrees or jobs as judges uh, need to listen to Aboriginal people to make sure that the services we are delivering are suitable for them. And that was really what this program was all about. Other people in Australia have been doing the same thing. Judge Robin Sexton, who introduced this program this morning, Uh, She has been running what they call an indigenous list in Sydney and the idea about that is exactly the same and that is to try to do things differently uh, because people are different. We all come from different backgrounds, we all have our own culture and we need to respect other people's culture so we don't need to proceed on the basis that everyone's white, everyone's rich or everyone's educated or everyone speaks English. We need to accept uh, the differences that exist in our community and then we need to learn how to work with them.
0: Mm. Fantastic message and I like what you say about you know that you know, people who've had those privileges that there is that sort of we're all part of society we do we have obligations to give back you know as well rather than mm. just take, take, take you know
1: and we've all got something to contribute everybody to contribute. has got something that. to contribute and we just have to find out what that is so in our program in Newman we had lawyers we had a family consultant we had a homelessness consultant um, we had uh, an interpreter um, and we just had local people who knew what the rules were for local people. Um, you know, what are the rules in Newman for an Aboriginal person? It's not acceptable to say that any Aboriginal child can go and be placed with any other Aboriginal family and that we've somehow other ticked the box of what our legislation says. We need to know that in Aboriginal society, people are different. There are different groups. There are rules about who you can even speak to. This was one of the very interesting things in Newman. Um, in Mardu culture, there are what are called avoidance relationships, and you can't be in the same room as, or look at, or talk to another person who white Australians would think, well, they are all the same. Well, they're not all the same, and you need to understand that and to work with that. It's
0: fantastic. Thank you so much for talking about that. Um, and it sounds like you know, um, you, at least you know, as you said, the, the real feedback is from the clients, but at least it's to think about different things rather than Mm. just keep doing the same old thing that's been done in
1: the past Mm. yeah but and family law has been to give it credit been very successful in this over the last 40 years there's a lot of criticism of the family law system and people running around saying it's in chaos and so on they fail to step back and have a look at some of the really good things Mm. that have been happening and are happening in the family law system and uh, family lawyers and social scientists working in this space uh, always looking out for new ways to do things, and um, so it's a, it's a moving feast. And yeah. I've just heard a presentation by Catherine Boland, and interestingly, her mum, Judge Jennifer Boland, and the thesis of that presentation was: everyone's saying everything's terrible. Let's just get a reality grip, sit back, and acknowledge the fact that Australia's actually got one of the best family law systems in the world. Uh, although we cry out for extra resources we are quite well resourced and so we should celebrate the fact that we have got a a very very sophisticated uh, family law system but it's full of people who properly are always looking for it to be made better and so why it's so great coming to AFCC Mm. is to hear about what other people are doing, we heard about what's happening in New Zealand this morning for example Mm. with the Maori people in New Zealand so the opportunity to get together from people around the world and around Australia to hear what's happening just provides us with knowledge and it also provides us with enthusiasm about uh, making things better for our clients because essentially that's what it's all about.
0: Absolutely. Do you have any ideas about, well, first of all, what do you think is, and I asked um, Diana this earlier and she had some, some good answers to it, um, what do you think's working well or has worked well? Like what are the positives we want to keep in, this, in the system we've got going forward?
1: I think in terms, if we talk about the system, if we talk about courts, I think it's important to make sure that judges who are appointed to the court uh, have not only an understanding of family law, but they have some sympathy for it, some feel for it, and that they're also well educated. Uh, we must expect this of family court judges. They're well educated in matters of family violence, uh, matters in relation to child development, matters in relation to brain development in children, um, there are all sorts of things that we need to make sure that those who we have appointed to judge already know about. Um, We need to make sure that there are enough of those judges to um, not be pressured into making quick decisions and getting grumpy because they've got too much work. We need to make sure they're well supported by social scientists providing up-to-date evidence, making sure the decisions are right. And we also need to make sure that the systems designed in a way that gives people opportunities to resolve their problem outside the court system, wherever practicable, and so that we look at the court as a place of last resort. Some cases do actually need to go to court. I agree with that. You cannot expect everyone to come to an agreement. Mm. Um, Some people, if you have to come to an agreement, it wouldn't be safe. It wouldn't be fair. So we've got to have a good, well-resourced court system with. Uh, judges who have uh, a feel for the area and have knowledge in the area um, and we need to have a really good set of supports around that system so that people caught up in the system get referred out for support when they need it. Um, If the real problem in the case is drugs, uh, if it's gambling, uh, if it's alcohol, uh, if it's um, violence we need to have all the support so that we can refer people out to get support to resolve the real issue, rather than just trying to Cross impose, correct. Um, yep. Yeah. Because
0: it's not always just a legal issue. They it's might, not. That might be where they're coming. They're entering through is into the legal system, but then we need to. There there are other referrals that may help them even more than I, the legal. I, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
1: It's we're just we're just a small part of the yeah. separating community. There's, most people don't actually come anywhere near the family court. A lot of people don't go near anywhere near a lawyer, um, but we tend to focus on the very small number of cases that actually go to court Um, for a a sensible family law system we need to step back and look and say look there's all sorts of pathways, there's all sorts of problems and we need to make sure that there's an array of services that um, helps each individual family with their individual problem.
0: Well look, thank you so much, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege um, to be speaking with you. Um, And where can people get in touch with you if they do want to mediate with you? Um, Oh, I don't want to turn this into an advertisement. and it's Uh, it's, it's me bringing this up because it's not him. But I just thought after listening to you, that's when people might get, it's like they get a feel for it. They go, oh, he was nice. I'd like to get
1: in touch with you about whatever work you're doing. Okay, well, what I'd like to say is that there are a very large number of mediators in Australia, um, (laughs) and many of them are members of professional organisations like the Resolution Institute and the Australian Institute of family law arbitrators and mediators and they have websites Um, just as I said the system needs to be designed for each family people need to choose the mediator that's suitable for them and so uh, there as I I repeat myself but there's a lot of mediators out there and I would probably suggest you go and find one of them Um, (laughs) but if if not well then I'd be very happy to uh, have a chat with you.
0: All right thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, thank you, for your and thank you
1: very much.